telling me we'll give you an alcohol jerk off? I'm the one with the fake ID. Well, then I'll cut your dumb little fucking face off, throw it over mine, and get your ID and buy it my fucking self. Oh, really? You don't have the technology or the steady hands to pull off a procedure like that, so ha! Welcome to This Guy Sucks with Chuck Bass. I am Chuck Bash. I'm Chuck Bass. And ooh, week nine, one of the greatest viewing experiences in my young, hot life. And I have seen some shit. One time I saw a man pick up his girlfriend and throw her into a mall fountain. Another time I got on a banana boat and Chris fucking Jericho was sitting there right in front of me. That is not an innuendo. And one time in New York, I saw a guy pissing on another guy who was masturbating. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Yeah, you can say that again. But I'm not sure that any of it was as interesting as what we saw take place with this week's games, which were historic, and I loved every second of it. I've been sober for a couple weeks now, and I will continue to be so for at least another nine days, but who needs waking up feeling like a factory of ass when you can get the buzz of watching Justin Fields and Geno Smith hang dong? The NFL was making a puby salad, and they needed some Chuck's own dressing. So let's get to the Week 9 Awards. First up, we've got the Peaked Too Soon Award. Shauna? Shauna was two years ago now? Yeah. yeah. I guess so. But she was insanely hot. Exactly. She was too hot. Okay, that's what sucks. How can that possibly suck? I'd be psyched if I got in with her. You got like two dozen hand jobs. Yes, and three quarters of a blowjob, but who's counting, Evan? Look, it was the peak of my ass getting career and it happened way, way too early. You're like Orson Welles. Exactly. If I paced myself, I'd be having at least steady sex with a decent looking girl. I honestly see now why Orson Welles ate his fat ass to death. This goes to Damian Pierce, who was just. He's just absolutely lovely. Uh, I don't really care that he's a fringe RB1 that he barely catches passes, or that he plays on the Texans. None of it matters. That's actually probably what's so refreshing about him. They just give him the ball 25 times a game, week in, week out, and tell him to go shuffling. And not like that stupid fucking wedding shuffle where you will always go to the bar as soon as the song comes on. Uh, He's more of like a throwback to the days of old, where you shorten the lifespan of your career every week for an extra three to five yards on a two-win team. And God, I wish there were more of him. The Suck On It Award... Fuck it, I'm about to graduate. You should be sucking on my ball sack. This goes to the Chargers, who are going to waste a rookie contract, Justin Herbert, uh, in one of the most painful fashions I can imagine. I haven't been very shy about the hard pivot I've done on this kid. I thought he would be a bust when he was coming out of the league, or coming into the league, and now after two years, I think he might be the most fascinating pocket passer across the entire NFL. But the Chargers are stealing his youth and surrounding him with a team that can barely compete with fucking anyone. And it's really infuriating. I truly cannot believe they needed a game-winning field goal against Atlanta to skate to 5-3. and three. I don't want to hear one more second about them being injured either. Uh, when teams like Dallas jumped out to a 4-1 and one lead, or a four and one record with less available talent than an 11 a.m. Daytona strip club. Uh, I'm tired of hearing about it. They've ha- they've been injured for like 15 years now. Uh, at some point, that well runs dry. The everyone knows it's a joke award. I wash and dry. I'm like a single mother. Look, we all know home ec is a joke. No offense. It's just like everyone takes his class to get an A. It's bullshit. And I'm sorry. And I'm not putting down your profession, but it's just the way I feel. I don't want to sit here all by myself cooking this shitty food. No offense. And I just think that I don't ever need to cook tiramisu. When am I going to need to cook tiramisu? Am I going to be a chef? 
No, there's three weeks left in school. Give me a fucking break. I could not wait to include the Colts hiring of Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach this weekend in this podcast. Uh, what I could not wait for. No, what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. What I could not believe was the backlash. Uh, people are out of their skulls thinking that this is significant in any way, shape or form. They're trying to make it a race issue, an experience issue. It's none of that. Uh, the owner of the team just hired his old buddy who's an Indianapolis crowd favorite and asked him to watch the bar for a few hours when, while he goes to meet his dealer. Uh, people forget how obvious and hard the Colts tanked to get Andrew Luck, and they're going to attempt to do it again, and I got no problem with it. They're already unbearable, uh, unwatchable fucking travesty. They ruined Jonathan Taylor. They're ruining Michael Pittman. Paris Campbell was trying to break out, and they immediately shut that shit back down. Uh, Alex Pierce looks nice, but it looks like that's going to be a nothing thing this year. Uh, yeah, I would rather probably watch 169 consecutive Liberty Mutual commercials than one more second of the Frank Reich Colts era. So I've blasted them extensively on this podcast and for good reason. Uh, they pulled the cord mid jump and brought in a guy who has big damn Campbell energy, which is to say that he's going to, you know, take a bad roster with extremely later extremely. Oh man, what I'm fucking on my bullshit today. He's going to take a bad roster with extremely limited options They'll get demolished the rest of the year, and they'll continue to put out amazing quotes like, hell, I could be terrible at this, and eight games in, I'll just say, for you. I hope you guys don't mind. I could have edited some of that part out, but I really just don't give a shit, and um, I hope you don't either. The Strong Memory Award. Get out of here, we'll, we'll talk what about the this fuck, later. fuck, Evan, we're down two points. Fucking calm down, Greg, it's soccer. It's soccer. Fuck you, man. Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. People don't forget. This goes to the Carolina Panthers, who uh, apparently have forgotten when they shouldn't. Uh, They put Baker Mayfield in with 30 minutes left in the game. Did he score 14 points and two touchdowns? Yes. Uh, Yes, he did. Was his team down 35 and him playing against third stringers who were giving their wide receivers 15-yard cushions? Yes. Yes, he was. I will never, ever forget how terribly bad of a quarterback he is. Uh, Justin Fields scored more points against the Dolphins than Baker Mayfield did in his first five games this season. That's a true stat. Look it up. The Panthers giving P.J. Walker the start against Tampa a few weeks ago was like watching the statue of Saddam Hussein be torn down after the Iraq war. I'm not saying that putting Baker Mayfield back in is the equivalent of putting that back up. Um, I'm not saying that. I won't say that. But, you know what I mean? The Why Can't You Just Pick a Common Name Award. All right, that's that's good. It's hard to trace, I guess. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? McLovin? What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What, are you trying to be an Irish R&B singer? What in the unholy fuck was Detroit doing on Sunday? What was happening there? Here's a list of the actual Lions pass catchers that scored. James Mitchell... Shane Zolstra. How is that possible? Who are these people? Here's a list of players that were targeted after the Sun God and Khalif Raymond. Tom Kennedy, Brock Wright, Maurice Alexander, Stanley Berryhill, and a Josh Johnson that nobody's ever heard of before. I watched Hard Rocks and none of these fucking ghosts were on any of the episodes. I was counting heavily this weekend on a target fest for St. Brown and at least a few big plays for Raymond after they traded Hawk and limited Swift, uh, only for them to be outshined by the NFL equivalent of your friend naming himself McLovin. 
It's perfect. It doesn't, it, you couldn't ask for it to be any more on the nose. Fantastic. But also, fuck. The Thanks I Will Award. Would you like me to buy you alcohol? That would be lovely. Enjoy your remaining years. I will. Enjoy fucking jewels. I will. The Dolphins-Bears game was really what the Senior Bowl is supposed to be if the whole event wasn't just a chance for over-the-hill coaches to come engage in large group sex sessions. Uh, That is to say that the game was a showcase of how lovely the future of the league could be if coaches stopped wearing their asses as hats. Uh, On one side, you've got the most perfectly designed offense I can think of when you give the talent and the experience, you know, or no, given the talent and experience that the Dolphins have to uh, still very raw, uh, but he's unbelievably skilled at what they're asking him to do. And Waddle and Tyreek speak for themselves with how insane of a cushion they both get, which leads to zero contested catches at any point in the game. Uh, you combine that with fast pass-catching running backs in a scheme that gets the ball out quick, you know, so quick that it would make Tom Brady come until he passes out. And uh, you've got something I want to watch for the next five years. And on the flip side, you've got Justin Fields, which is the opposite. No scheme, no talent around him, just one guy fucking dominating on his own. Uh, he's finally adjusted to the speed of the NFL defenses, which makes you know perfect sense considering he went to Ohio State where they played strong defenses. Uh, and he's realized that he's even faster. He's like a more fun version of Lamar Jackson. And I'm not even sure why that is. It might just be the jersey. But either way, he's playing like the exact prototype we want to see all over the league. He's being sacked at a much slower rate than he was earlier in the season. His pass attempts are climbing up and he's rushing at almost double the rate. Uh, can you imagine if he had Tyreek and Waddle on his team? Game over. The Sir, Did You Do This award? Sir, did you do this on the floor? No. And you should really clean this up. Someone could really hurt themselves. Fuck my life. Uh, there's really no one else more pathetic right now than the Raiders, who were a player two away last year from advancing to the AFC divisional round, and now they are the biggest bag of odorless excrement in the league, mainly because they were actually supposed to be competitive. Uh, Derek Carr is and always will be a product of his environment. Uh, it's just unfortunate that this year his environment is a Chilean mine. They actually have what should be a great offense, and the only real issue is they are incapable of drawing up a play that doesn't involve a cornerback shitting his pants because he's double, he's covering Devontae Adams. Uh, the whole world knows that this is it for McDaniels if they fail, and they're failing. And it's actually probably better that way. The Been Drinking It For Years Award. Oh, I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. I don't know if anybody embodies the spirit of McLovin more than Kyler Murray. Uh, physical similarities aside, uh, because they're obvious, but I mean, when I think of a tiny feckless dork fueled by false confidence as he attempts and fails at the most basic tasks, I can't think of anybody uh, more exemplary than the Cardinals quarterback. 175 yards on 25 completions, which puts his average at seven, which is exactly the amount of letters in McLovin. Plus, they both just give off the same vibe as they fall ass backwards into fake success. Uh, Kyler is the QB7 in points per game, which I guess is fine, but I can't imagine if you pounced on him in the early rounds, you're thrilled with what you've seen so far. The O. Evan Award. What do you think Becca's going to be psyched that you brought a bottle of lube? O. Evan! 
Thank you for bringing that lube for my pussy. I never would have been able to handle your fucking four-inch dick inside my pussy without that gigantic bottle of lube. Okay, that's fuck. That's enough. These girls are 18 years old. They're not dried up old ladies. They're good to go. Then I uh, everybody and their garbage cousins chalked up the bucks to being too old, too injured, and too dry. I actually saw a man on Twitter who will remain nameless say that Tom Brady has a dry punani. And it made me so full of rage that I actually created a burner account just to harass him and his whole girl dad situation. Either way, they finally slipped their panties off in the final five minutes of their must-win game against the Rams on Sunday. And we saw that they are definitely still wet enough to soak their socks. So they just have to stop running the ball on first down and dropping passes. You know, complicated stuff. Real high-level NFL game plannery. But luckily, the easiest way for a male in their prime to re-up their low-T levels is a trip to Germany, where every single player will no doubt be sowing their royal oats enough to flood the rest of the league when they return. The Warlocks Award. Yeah, I heard she got breast reduction surgery. What? Making your tits smaller? It's like slapping God across the face for giving you a gorgeous gift. It took TJ Hawkinson one game with the Vikings to hit his second highest reception mark of his entire career at nine. Just like that. Uh, I always liked him as a player, and I always liked that there weren't really many other weapons around him. But Detroit was emotionally slapping God in the face for giving them a beautiful gift with their lack of utilization for him. And I couldn't have asked for him to go to a team that I want to watch more than the Full Send Vikings. Uh, there's a short list of teams that I thoroughly enjoy watching every possession of, and they are definitely right near the top. I got to catch a glimpse of these warlocks. Let's make a move. The Two Cocks Award. This is luck. <laughs> so what's it like to have guns? Mm. It is awesome, McLovin. That's I mean, great. Like, it's mind-blowing. I haven't had one for long, only a few months, but I'll tell you, it's like having two cocks. Yep. If one of your cocks could kill someone. <laughs> oh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Uh, they take this home pretty handedly as they continue to show that all you need is a stud quarterback and a good play caller, and you will be in what Jim Ursay calls the upper quartile of offenses. Uh, Juju has been one of the best offseason additions for any team, and Valdez Scaling has been one of the best additions for content creators to shit all over. Uh, we're even seeing Marcole Hardman come of age in real time. Uh, the only thing they were truly lacking, I think, was a wide receiver that could create something out of nothing, which they might have in the Tony trade if he can stay on the field and, you know, pull some chicanery. Uh, but the straw that serves the drink continuously is Kelsey, who is unstoppable, unguardable. Nobody can do anything about it. Uh, it feels like that now more so than ever, mainly because I don't think defenses can key in on just stopping two players like they had previously in the past. <laughs> previously in the past. Wow, that's just great podcasting right there. Um, they have to account for several guys now who can do a little bit more damage than the ghosts of Demarcus Robinson or Sammy Watkins. And they're doing all this without running backs that can do fucking anything. Very happy. The hold their hand award. I am the law, okay? Now hold hands. What? Why? Because you don't want an asshole where your face used to be, Wailing Jennings. Hold his fucking hand! Someone please fly down to New Orleans, gather every Saints offensive player and offensive coach, and hold their fucking hands for me, please. What is happening down here? This is a team that has Olave, Landry, Kamara, Michael Thomas, Juwan Jennings, Taysom Hill, and Jameis Winston, but instead we're getting Andy Dalton throwing 10 fucking balls to Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith every week. 
Uh, they've taken what was a beautiful face in the fantasy world and literally put an asshole there. I'm a Bucks fan. I'm, you know, not very bashful about that. And I'm taking delight in watching them implode like an 18 year old on Bourbon Street for the first time. But in a year where there's so much bad football and so much coaching disaster, a meh, feck it offense is sorely missed. The who saw that coming award? Mm. I'm so wet. Oh, yeah. Uh, they said that would happen in hell. When I learned about it. Yeah. They taught me back. Oh. <laughs> this one hurts, guys. This one hurts because I adore the way he plays football about as much as anyone in the league. But Josh Allen getting injured with the UCL is probably the most predictable outcome that we did not want to acknowledge And not because of his play style or any decision he made, but because just us as fantasy players are not allowed to have nice things for more than eight or nine weeks in a given season. Uh, If anybody could soldier through and still give us hope, I'd bet on him. But this was already the second week in a row where he failed to eclipse 219 passing yards after he started off the year averaging more than any quarterback ever. I would hate to see it affect his run game, which has been a steady stream of points that only Daniel Jones has been able to compete with from a, wow, that tall white guy can run perspective. I would hate to see that regress, uh, especially because he just runs so smooth. That's good. You're such a smooth cock. Thank you. You would too if you were a man. Arnold Palmer alert. Arnold Palmer alert. Who wants some Arnie Palmies? <laughs> Sweetie, this one is the Baki right here. Okay, there it is. As promised, the Arnold Palmer alert returns for a second consecutive week. We touched on every game, guys. We did it. And uh, touching on games is definitely in my top three favorite things to touch. Uh, last week, I left everyone with a parting thought asking if the Chargers were the most disappointing team in the league. And they were one, wait, did the Falcons just take the fucking ball away and then give it right back in the same play away from confirming my suspicions? I don't feel much better about them as of this moment, but credit to them for pulling that one out. Uh, I'm workshopping a name for this segment, uh, something that can kind of, you know, embody the spirit of a mental crop dust that I'm trying to impose on all of you as you go into the weekend. So if you have any ideas for what that could be called, please send them to me on Twitter. Uh, so let's get to this week's parting thought. Could a week 10 matchup between two three win teams change the fantasy landscape for the next couple of years? Let's see here. The Cardinals play at the Rams, both with three wins and depending on the winner and how the game looks, we could be looking at the current regimes for both teams being completely shit canned. Uh, three and seven Cardinals team probably means goodbye for cliff and a new system for an already struggling quarterback and new faces in the run game. Um, which would, you know, those all could be good things, but this team at full force is actually strong for fantasy, which is important. Um, I could care less how they're performing in the standings. A three and six Rams team would absolutely be the end of the McVay era, uh, soon to be the end of the Stafford era, and probably the end of this beautiful run we've had with Cooper Cup. Fortunately, uh, they've been long overdue for an overhaul at every position on the entire roster outside of Cup and Aaron Donald. So this could be another blessing in disguise. But man, those old McVay teams, I mean, the Vikings and the Eagles right now are probably the only teams in the league that I can think of that have the same offensive capabilities that those 17, 18, 19 Rams had, at least in both the running and passing game. 
So I doubt we'll ever see a return to form for that. Um, but that's okay. Not everything beautiful was meant to last. So everybody out there, good luck going to this weekend. I hope for your sakes that you blow your opponents away and you don't have to go into another awful Monday night game needing a miracle. So cheers.